Hello, I'm Chris Ferraz Prade, and this is the Vital Compass Podcast. In order to start a new life in a different country, a person needs a certain degree of courage and resilience, a good deal of frustration tolerance, a lot of sense of humor to deal with all the mistakes that sure are going to happen. Depending on the ability to adapt and face the difficulties that arise along the way, the experience may become more or less bearable and more or less in tune with life purposes. But it will certainly not be anything that was imagined and idealized before the adventure really started. Hence the huge need for frustration, tolerance, and sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, changing countries can, can be overwhelming, and it happens for many different reasons. From being a refugee, needing political asylum, to being transferred by the company, uh, study abroad, fall in love with a foreigner and move to his or her country. Um, in search for, you, you can also go to a different country in search for better job opportunities or simply wanting a different life. There is an episode on Vital Compass from the second season, I guess, that I talked about belonging. Um, belonging is fundamental for all of us social creatures, regardless of where we are living. So no matter the reason for moving to another country, you will need to fulfill um, the aspect of belonging, your your wish for belonging. This episode is the first of a series that addresses issues related to the process of coping and adapting that women um, go through when they decide to, to, to go to live in a different country. Another thing that most affected me, an unexpected one, was the difference between behaviors in group dynamics. When you move abroad, you start to observe much more the way people behave and how you behave. You start noticing details. And one thing I noticed was the integration of new members in groups. Maria Paula Quintana Arantes left Brazil at the age of 17 to live in Germany and to study medicine. She already spoke German, so the language was not an issue. But leaving the family and, and going to Germany alone was, you know, it took a lot of courage. It was not an easy thing to do. It has been six years since she left Brazil. And um, one of the things that she mentioned that was complicated for her was to understand the group dynamics Uh, in, in, in the university in Germany and how she could integrate into this community of uh, international and German students. 
in Brazil, I had never thought about that. But in Brazil, the group feels responsible to include new members. The group feels responsible to integrate this, this person. If the whole group invites a new person to a party, there's an, ex an expectation that the group will include the new one. But here, the responsibility of integration is totally upon the new person. You are new in the classroom, you are the one that has to go out and to integrate yourself. In Brazil, because this is different, others help us feel better. We feel more welcomed. Here, it is the opposite. So, on top of the huge anxiety of arriving in a new place, you also have to manage the anxiety of having to include yourself in the group and be afraid of rejection. I think this was the hardest thing for me, to face my fear of talking, of talking and taking the first step to go out and talk to people. I wish people had told me that this would be this way because it was very hard for me. When we arrive at a place, people who live there um, show us their, what they expect from us. So an example is that if you are in Brazil and uh, an English person go live there and becomes friends with a Brazilian, the Brazilian will automatically assume that the English person uh, will be on time when they make an appointment or when they plan to meet for dinner. Because there is a, a very well-known expression to Brazilians that is British punctuality. So we all know that British people are very punctual. I know there are lots of people that, that have a fixed idea about what being a Brazilian means. Um, and that fixed idea, in most cases, um, means that um, they think the person is very fun, is very noisy, uh, is a true extrovert. And when they meet a Brazilian that is very different from that kind of um, characteristics, they get very confused. <laughs> I have a, a French friend of mine um, that um, she, she's uh, a close friend of mine and she uh, asked already twice to me whether uh, I am truly a Brazilian person, <laughs> which is a quite funny thing um, to ask. And she was a bit worried that she wouldn't be causing me an offense by asking that um, because she was trying to explain, well, I have, she was saying that she had quite a lot of other Brazilian friends and they were all very different from me in terms of they they are quite um, noisy, they are very extrovert, you know, they, when they are in a party, you know they are because they're quite noisy and all that, all that. and I am quite opposite to that. I am, I am quiet, I am introvert, um, you know, and she was saying, you're so different from all my other Brazilian friends, it's, it's so difficult to believe that you are Brazilian. And I was trying to explain to her that, well, we all have this image of French people uh, that they don't like having a shower. 
um, and therefore they don't smell very well, very good, and which is the reason why some of the best uh, perfumes in the world are the French perfumes, um, because they made it especially to disguise, disguise their bad smell. Um, but I'm sure there are plenty of French people out there that don't fit in that category. You know, they, they look after themselves and do their daily personal hygiene. And therefore, they would feel very sad in listening to this stereotype of French people not liking having a shower and etc. And by mentioning that, it suddenly became very easy for her to understand the um, comparisons that people do in terms of nationalities and sometimes that they are so untrue and it's not necessarily they are not true but certainly we can't expect that everyone will fit in that category um, certainly in terms of Brazilians you can't really expect that all Brazilian people will be very funny that all Brazilian people will be very extrovert and of course will be some of them that won't do that won't be in those categories um, and, and that's true for any nationality or any stereotype that we might create for um, you know um, many other nationalities um, I have Many people, sometimes when I meet them for the first time, it has happened to me many, many times before, uh, when I'm first introduced to people and they wonder where I am from because they obviously can pick up uh, some accent, but sometimes they can't say where the accent is from. And as soon as they hear that I'm Brazilian, they will immediately ask me about football and uh, talking about the players and, and the managers and, the, and this and that. And they become quite surprised when I say that I am Brazilian, but I don't like football. I actually don't understand anything about football, um, never have enjoyed football and, and it really try and avoid the topic as much as I can. They find it really surprising. Surprising, in the same way that they find surprising that I am a Brazilian and don't drink coffee um, because we are a great coffee producer, uh, they would expect me, um, you know, to not only enjoy coffee, but drink lots of it, <laughs> which I don't do. So clearly, we have lots of stereotypes for Brazilians that um, the world has created, and a lot of them I don't fit in at all, certainly not in terms of football, in terms of drinking coffee, and in terms of being extrovert and noisy and all that. I'm completely the opposite of all the, those things altogether. Patricia Alkin moved to London 17 years ago. Patricia is how they call her in here, in, in the UK, and Patricia is how we call her back in Brazil. And she married Bob Alkin. We met as soon as I arrived in London with my family and we were introduced by a lovely friend in common. In fact, this was one of my strategies when I arrived in London. I, I asked my friends, before coming here, I asked my friends to connect if they had friends um, in the UK, if they could introduce us to them. And from this simple request to Dan, our dear friend, a wonderful friendship was born. And um, so 
until today, when I have like doubts about the educational system here, because it's very different from the system in Brazil, I call Patricia and ask her um, about things. And so it, it's good that she knows she works in, in the school system. But going back to the issue of dealing with and stereotypes, this can be a situation of great stress. One of the things I was more scared about moving to Germany was related to the stereotype of Brazilian women, that people would think and expect things from me that were not my way of being, and I was going to feel bad and objectified. I was so worried that sometimes people were not reacting like that, but I was already tense and worried that they would have this idea. Of course, my concerns came true, but only with a handful of people that had this kind of stereotyped expectations. Stereotypes, when full of prejudices, are always bad. Sometimes we say that this is positive, but it is always bad when someone has a preconceived idea of you. For example, German guys would not feel comfortable making a certain joke to a German woman, but they they would be okay with making the same joke with me because I was Brazilian. I had a couple of experiences that affected me and I will share them with you. One was when I was dating a German guy and we were talking about ourselves and he made a comment that I had a Latin temperament. I'm very quiet, especially in German. In Portuguese I can be more outgoing, but in German I'm very quiet and I never had an argument here. So how come he had this idea of me? It was purely from the fact that he knew I was from Latin America. The other experience with the same guy was when we went together to a festival and there, were, there we met his friends. And there were two girls talking when he was not there. And the girls started talking about me as if I was not there, saying that he was only with me because I was Brazilian that I must be sensual and hot and that was the only reason for him to be with me. And by then, we had been together for two years. Another time, a girl that was another friend of this boyfriend started talking about Brazilian people she knew and um, they were all women that married German men and got a passport. As if I was one of these women would be happy to marry here and get a passport a passport as a result. But I have no intentions of that. I'm here to study, I have my student visa and I'm happy that way. I am, but she assumed I came here not for study, but to marry a man and get a German passport. At the hospital, when I was already working, there was a nurse that I ended up becoming friends with and he was talking about his Brazilian ex-girlfriend that she was jealous and feisty but that she was really hot. The whole Brazilian stereotype. My biggest concern since before moving was to have to deal with this type of thing and my worries came true. But after five years here, we learned how to deal with it. She talks about fear. Fear of being seen as a stereotypical, in a stereotypical manner. She also talks about her wish to be part of the group, to belong. Maria Paula was able to overcome these difficulties. She was aware of her strength. She took care of herself. 
and she could count on the support of people who love her. Um, so, so as she said, we learn to cope. The wish to be seen and accepted can make a person um, accept the stereotype just to meet the expectations of the group. And this idea that a woman is uh, super sexual for, in whatever way, for whatever reason, um, can create a situation where a woman would feel disrespected. But there, this won't be seen by the other people around because they would be stuck in the stereotyped uh, way of seeing her. So loneliness can be intensified. Patricia also went through situations where she had to deal with prejudices and stereotypes. A Brazilian woman, black, married to a white Englishman. Patricia had to develop her self-esteem muscles a lot to deal with the fantasies of some people who would look at them and just assume that they met in sex tourism or that she married out of interest. My husband is English and we sometimes joke that we were born um, in, um, in different countries, in countries where we are not supposed to have been born. And the reason why we say that is because um, he's English and he's loud. He's the soul of a party. Um, you know, you can't ignore his presence when he's there. Um, he, I mean, he's absolutely joy. Um, and it, it, he is very extrovert and, and all that. And, and, you know, I am quiet, I'm calm, I'm an introvert. Um, and therefore, uh, we tend to say that, you know, he, surely he is a Brazilian that just happened to be met, to be born in England. And I'm surely an English person <laughs> that was just, you know, by luck uh, was born in Brazil. But uh, actually my personality and all that shows that I am an English person and we kind of swapped uh, the place where we've been born. And obviously that kind of conversations and jokes that we do is obviously based on stereotypes that, you know, what people expect that the English people are and the Brazilian people are. And when you find that they have they are opposite to that, then you <laughs> kind of create a joke that, you know, similar to what we did. But um, it also goes to show that having stereotypes about nationalities in countries is, um, you know, to a certain point, a normal thing that we all do. Um, um, but I think what we have to learn is to, yes, we have those stereotypes and there will be plenty of people that will fit in in that. But don't be too surprised when you eventually find someone that don't fit on those categories. Um, it, it doesn't um, disclassify them as, you know, the nationality that they are. They are. Um, and the beauty about the world that we are all different. Um, we can be from the same nationality, but still have completely different uh, personalities and, and ways of doing things. And uh, that's the beauty of the world. Yeah, I think we tend to want to put people in boxes, but 
This can't prevent us from wanting to really know people. We have to move beyond the stereotype. When we are distant from family and friends, wishing for belonging in a new place, it's important to be aware of our mental health. It is as if we were a plant that was taken out of the soil and planted somewhere else in the garden. And so this plant needs more attention in the adaptation process. The soil needs to be well nourished. Is there enough water? The soil drains well. Is there sunlight enough? Uh, well, in London, talk about sunlight here, huh? <laughs> this is something that we had to make up for. I learned to enjoy the clouds and go for walks on rainy days. Ooh, um, I'm still working on that, I have to say. But some aspects are worth highlighting about this um, adjustment thing. Because during this process of discovering yourself as an immigrant, it's important to learn to recognize your strengths. Also to have a network of friends and family that you can contact by phone, social media, email, whatever, you know, both in the, the country of origin and if you have uh, new friends in your um, new place. And it is essential to be open for new connections. It can be through mutual friends, as I said, that happened with me. Um, you can also meet people that are in your building or neighbors or fellow citizens who can welcome and exchange experiences, give you tips. You can also research institutions that represent your country um, usually they promote events and network opportunities, also some orientations usually um, they do. So that's something good to, to be aware of. And if the adaptation process is too painful, I feel it's important to seek help. You know, it's important to um, recognize when it's time to ask for professional um, help from mental health. I am going to do a specific episode about traumatic experiences and psychiatric conditions that are triggered by immigration, but it will be in another episode, not this one. Well, the pandemic gets in the way of all this need for socialization right now, uh, of course, and this can have a significant impact on the adaptation process. But even in this pandemic times, when a person is rel dealing with all this relatively well, there are ways to say, hey, I'm here. You know, you can bake a cake for a neighbor and leave by the door and put a note in it. And if English is not, um, if, you're, if you're still unsure about your, your English, um, you can, or your language, the language that you use in your, in your country, you can write it in your own language and use Google Translate. Uh, you can also offer to do shopping for an elderly neighbor who is shielding. These are simple gestures that help to create new relationships. We are full of idealizations when moving to a new country. We think 
this and that will happen and we plan to deal with specific situations. We have experiences that we never imagined that catches of God and we certainly deal with a lot of insecurity, at least I had to deal with it, and bureaucracies, oh yes. And we like to think that the adaptation process will take a year, at most two. Oh, it's time enough, you know, it's long enough, but I'll tell you that it's been almost six years since I moved to England, and in different aspects, I keep adapting practicing courage and humbleness. Maria Paula became aware that she had to arrive at the parties and include herself there in her own way, not meeting the expectations of the stereotype Brazilian woman that they imagined she was. She could be herself there. She had to work on that, but she did it. And Patricia came to realize that she didn't need to prove anything to anyone, nor prove her worth, nor that her marriage was a loving marriage. And it's funny that um, Patricia and Bob, they speak Portuguese at home. So it's English uh, outside the house, but it's Portuguese um, at home. And they have this delicious northeastern accent um, of Portuguese from Brazil. It's, it's really um, beautiful to listen. And Bob speaks really well Portuguese. Um, but just to, so going back and finishing this episode, <laughs> the main factors that will build the immigration experience um, are related with the personality of the person who is venturing the destination, the timing, both of the person's life and the historic moment of the country, they are all important factors, but mostly the purpose of the experience. So Maria Paula wants to graduate as a doctor and return to Brazil. And Patricia wants to live with her English husband in a country where she feels it has more to do with her way of being. Thus, in a foreign country, they go on experiencing the adventures that their purposes offer them. I hope you liked this episode. Ale Praj composed the music and is responsible for the editing. Before I say goodbye, I invite you to follow Vita Compass on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is just a click. And when you have some time, go check the website www.vitacompass.com. You can create a login and follow closely the posts on Explore and also the podcast episodes fresh from the oven. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make a review here 
You can help others find the podcast, and we can expand our circle of conversations. I'll see you next week. Take good care of yourself. Thank you.